looking good. Uh, oh, you mean like from all the paperwork yesterday? Yeah, I thought I'd check in. <laughs> I thought I'd check in and, you know, be, be the good friend on that part. Uh, no, no, that's that's actually a good thing. Um, So, I had a frustrating amount of paperwork and it it's not that I necessarily did anything wrong and it's not that they necessarily did anything wrong, but it turns out that um, the reason that I couldn't confirm a lot of, because, you know, it's it's like they send you this thing like, oh, do you accept your contract? Yeah. But you accept it online. Um, and it just wasn't clicking for me. And then I had to s select that I had read all these forms and documents and nothing was working. And I was like, what the heck? Um, and then I realized that at the very, very bottom of the page, there's a sliver, just like a tiny sliver of green, which meant something popped up but I couldn't get to it because it was at the bottom of the page. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, do I need a bigger computer? How do I get to this? So I spent about half an hour trying various things. Um, so the first thing I tried was just to, um, you know, try to sort of stretch it differently, like like right. uh, make the top smaller and the bottom bigger. And basically, yeah, no, it clung to the bottom like, yeah, like a hair it, clings to the side of the shower. Like yeah, was, yeah, there was no way it was moving. No, no. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, maybe a slightly bigger screen. I tried it on, on Doug's computer, which is ever so slightly bigger. Um, and same thing. Like, we couldn't get it to not cling to the bottom. We're like, what is wrong with this? Um, so we tried. And then and then he had an idea, which is the, I'm so glad he works for a very similar company because he's like, um, you might want to try a different, a different browser. Like, yeah. this probably wasn't made for Chrome. And I was like, oh. But of course, so we tried Safari and same thing. And he's like, I know which one they used because it's the one I have to use at work. And I was like, oh, no, which one did they use? He's like, Internet Explorer. <laughs> the one and that sure no enough, one uses. <laughs> sure enough, as soon as I bring it up on Internet Explorer, which takes about, you know, 20 minutes. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it was relatively fast. But as soon as I brought it up, it popped up right in the middle, right in the center. It was so easy. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. Of all the, like, do, what what dimension do they live in that they think that people are naturally going to go towards Internet Explorer? No oh one. Oh, my God. I don't know. But that was like three hours of anxiety right there that I could have just. Oh. Because your brain just did not factor in that idea of anyone considering internet explorer is a preferable browser option to anything else no really uh, <laughs> no i would have thought chrome was the go-to by now but yeah. uh that's fine it's well, cool this podcast is sponsored by internet explorer <laughs> they are, it is really happy to be sponsored you know it to be the sponsor of this actually show. it's not we but... might actually be sponsoring internet yeah explorer. i think we, we are, are. We are sponsoring Internet Explorer, not with money, but with love. Yeah, it needs love. Well, I mean, it's it's not even around anymore on, like, the new Windows operating system. Like, it's now yeah. Edge, which is actually quite good. But, again, it's not Chrome or, you know. Yeah. I just, I feel a little bit bad because, like... Obviously, like I switched to Chrome just because, yeah, just because, yeah. like, it was faster and my friends told me yeah. to and they kind of set it up for me. And I was like, oh, this is pretty, this is yeah, pretty yeah. convenient for me. Um, and then after I tried Safari on my old computer, it was like, 
oh, let us know if you want to come back. And I just felt so bad oh. breaking its little heart. <sighs> I know it's it's sort of when it comes up sometimes and you, and you utilize it and it's just like, oh, do you want to use it as a default browser? And and it's very, it sounds nice. Like it sounds like it's being quite polite and endearing about it. I'd be like, I don't. Yeah. But I'm it also sorry. Sounds desperate, and I'm like, I'm, I can't. I, you're, it, you I'm know sorry. what it's like? It's like that. Um, it's like that sort of first love you had. That is clearly just not a mistake, but you've you've moved on because you've grown you've up. You've moved on, yeah. You know, mm. and it hasn't oh, quite moved on, but it's still waiting for you. Like, um, you know, like you're coming home from like a war or something. Yeah, like, hopefully. Yeah. Like, oh God. My, my How do we get so nostalgic turn? about internet? browsers because it's all we've got left (laughs) oh no oh my god uh okay so when i suggested that we talk about interesting facts about the universe immediately Mm. i realized that we may have overreached on this because there is a lot that happens in the universe it, understandably, it is We are everything. not scientists of any kind. N- no, no. It, it became... Um, it became pretty, Overwhelming. Yeah, it, it, it became, became overwhelming yeah. pretty quickly. Um, my thought for today was that I am going... I found a really cool fact, and I'm going to try my darndest to explain that to you while not being a scientist studying that so that's my hope for today i also found like you know the kids like not geo for kids kind of like did you know yeah i think we all knew but you know it's fun anyway (laughs) i i i went i've got like so many tabs and windows open and i don't know where what is i've got like i have scientific papers open about quantum tunneling and i'm not exactly sure what i'm supposed to be doing with that because there are many yeah, figures you don't even know. and numbers here, and none of it makes sense. And yeah, it's it's all a little strange. And I I sort of have uh, a few. I have a lot of facts. I have a few facts that I can extrapolate on. I just don't really have like one that I can. Well, maybe I do. I don't know. It's just I guess it's just something to talk about for a little while. I'm uh and see I'm what I'm sensing that you want me to go first, which is fun. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> really? Is that what you is that what you got from that that was a vibe you that, got from That's that? that's kind of, that's that was the kind of hesitant like, "Oh, I have a lot of things, but I don't really know what to use." And I'm like, "Well, since oh. I have one main one that kind of centers around I mean, there's many cool things about it, but yeah. like it centers around one subject." I was like, "Oh, well, that Hopefully might that I might be good. Facts, I I do so, have a couple of yeah. little tidbit facts that are would be a, a good way to to enter into it as well. So we're we 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 we've got a good platform. This is great. Can, I'm glad that we we've decided from there. what we're doing in the podcast in the actual podcast because yeah. people love this. <laughs> we're very prepared, clearly, mm. for these oh, sorts of yes. things. So professional one might even say oh well i mean that's yeah for Mm. sure i think we can use that title that prefix prefix yes prefix i incorrectly uh pronounced that word but uh, because and i'm a writing person so that doesn't really work out that way yeah you are 
So, shall we attempt to enlighten oh, people please. and please also too. ourselves? Um, can we please start off this fact-giving with um, just a moment of silence for Pluto? Thank you. That was a good moment. Um, just, you know, because I know it's a dwarf planet, but I still feel I, I love it. That it's um, a, it's a yep. real planet in, in your eyes? Well, no, it is a dwarf planet in my yeah. eyes, but, <laughs> you know, the fact that it probably wanted to be more, just it speaks yeah. to me. You're going to give it some love still. I'm still going to give it love, yeah. always, always. I think everyone gives Pluto some love. It's all the way out there. It's like the redheaded child of the, of the solar system. Yeah, it's just, yeah. um, it's just the forgotten one. I know it's got some other, I think it's got some other dwarf planet friends now, but, yeah. uh, you know, for a while there, it was, it was the pizza in the, the whole sentence that you use to remember the planets. Oh, right. So, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That, that's strange little. My very educated mother just served us nine pizzas if you take it out she just served you nine what the fuck is nine all of a sudden it becomes this sort of philosophical all of a sudden this sentence doesn't work anymore no yeah and that's why we need pluto back in the game pluto is for pizza yeah mm. and well, we we know that pizza is the universal sign for peace and uh, prosperity and yeah coming and together. we also know that pizza is the universe. It so is true. That is That was point. my fact. Yeah. For today. And we're done. Thank you very much for and, tuning yeah, thank in. Thank you that was for fantastic. coming. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh do you want to do you want to go ahead with uh what what you've come across to begin with? Oh my god. Okay. Are you ready to get sucked down like the biggest black hole of facts oh my that god. you've ever here, heard? Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Okay. Good, because this is literally about black holes. Okay, um, awesome. I love it already. Yeah, well, because that's... Oh, I have facts like about always... black holes as well, so I'm going to bring that oh, up sweet. so that we can kind of, like, do it. Yeah, together. get me okay. into it. Get yeah. me into right. it. Which one is it? I can't remember. Oh, crap. You have so many tabs that you can't I, I even find which, it I don't at this even point. know which one. Yeah. All right. You, you go first then, obviously. Oh, oh, my, my, my black hole yeah, fact. Yeah, I'll start you off with, with a small one from uh, Nat Geo Kids. Okay. Uh, which is a black hole is created when big stars explode. <laughs> big, like just how can you even quantify it? Anyway, yeah, I know, right? Like, force is so strong <laughs> that nothing can escape from it. Luckily, the closest black hole is about ten thousand light years from Earth. So is that a is a long way. Okay, so the the thing for me, just because this is gonna, we're gonna go into so many different tangents, but the the. The concept of distance when it comes to the universe is so extraordinarily gigantic that I I still don't think we can comprehend it. You know what I mean? Like you, you said 10,000 years distance from like uh, from where the nearest black hole is. 10,000, I'm sorry, 10,000 light years. I just, yeah. like that's a long, so I think it's what, like 2.1 light years is the nearest, our nearest star. Um, not, that's not the sun, obviously. And two, like, that's a, that's still a very, very long way away. You know, like it's, um, I can't, yeah, it's just, I'm already broken down. Yep. We're done. Oh, buckle up, kiddos. (laughs) It's going to get worse. Keep it going. Keep it rolling. 
Mm, all right. Well, that was that was my 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 cutesy little fact. Yeah. And because I found that, I was like, oh, that's right. I do really like to read about black holes. I know what I'm going to delve into. Yeah. Um, and it was a lot. Uh, okay. So the first thing I suppose I should mention about black holes is that you know, like when I first found out about them, like in middle school or elementary school or whenever they happened to mention black holes, whenever I was reading this magazine, yeah. um, <laughs> and I was like, oh my god we're all going to get sucked into a black hole. And I feel like a lot of kids had this when they first find out that black holes are like, oh my gosh, you can't see them. You can't detect them with anything unless they're sucking something in. You're like, what? And it's like this giant nightmare out in space. And then it was like, well, logically, it can't just be this gravity monster like you... If you have laws for gravity, it has to follow those. So like, you know, I was reading about it and they were like, oh, you know, even if the sun was replaced by a black hole, Earth would continue to uh, orbit around it because that is how, like, we don't, we're not getting sucked into the sun. You know, like, yeah, the gravity yeah. of, it only has so much. Yeah, so they were saying, like, there's a big enough spatial difference there, once again, yeah. the just multitude of empty space, um, that you would just probably continue orbiting well, also, you would die because there's no yeah, sun, but, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but apart from that, you're fine. Yeah, apart from that, yeah, you're fine. And, like, they don't suck in neighboring galaxies. Like, that's not really what they do. No, no. It's so. it, See, the thing with the black hole is, like, obviously, we haven't seen them. We've seen... Well, no. <laughs> el- yeah, we've seen evidence of them. But, you know, they're, they're all a singularity. So, it's so dense and so... Vi- it's so dense in that moment that everything kind of breaks down, like space-time breaks down at that point. And so we can't quite, uh, uh, word? like we can't quite grasp that. So it's not so much that it's like this whirlpool or vortex. I think it's, that's what some people, and that's what I assumed it was when I was a kid, that that's what a black hole was. It was a vortex that was sucking all these things in. When it's not necessarily that, it's more about when there's that there's the expansion of the universe that is happening and things start to get drawn in because it's got a strong gravitational pull, but not necessarily one that uh, is something that if you're close to it, you get sucked into it. You have to pass through the event horizon and at that point we don't know what happens. But that's when you can't escape it. Why don't you give it a go? For science. I'll tr- well, I'll try. We need to find one okay. first. And then we can that go sounds there. sounds good, yeah. Okay, so... I. So, yes. That's, Do you have yeah. a black hole fact? Well, we was found... Was that your black hole fact? No, no, that wasn't my black hole. I'm pretty sure that many of those things that I just said were incorrect or, you know, not factually <laughs> sort of, like, accurate. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> in some way. But... Okay, so I am. So we found a black hole that is 21 billion times the size of our sun. Now, what that means is not so much that the, the black hole is that big, it's 21 billion times the size of our sun. It's more about that's the kind of the space of the event horizon around it. That's like it. the mass that it contains? Yeah, the mass. Sorry, that's a, that's a good way mm. to sort of. It. And I think I sent you a link to, I don't know if it's the same one, but it's this black hole 
Oh, did you? Yeah. Did you know? And it's a super massive black hole that is approximately 1,582 uh, astro units in diameter, which is essentially from th- that, that unit of measurement is the distance between the Earth and the Sun. So we use that sort of element. When we use... Uh, Oh, what's the word? Uh, cosmic mass sun. I think we use the sun as a uh, comparative mass to sort of measure against other um, other objects. stars and, yeah, stuff. Ob- and objects yeah. in the universe. But if you check it out, and again, this is a podcast, but I, I wish I could see it. What it shows is this super massive black hole. That is, it shows our solar system at the center of it, which is probably the size of a grain of sand in this photo. That's our solar system, the size of a grain of sand and, or probably less than a grain, half a grain of sand. So I've I've been trying to, I've been trying to like get this visual representation of how gigantic this black hole's mass is. And what I sort of came up with was just imagine you standing in the center of a football field. And a football field is pretty big if you're just the only thing in it. But just imagine your your shoes in, in the football field. Like that's just your shoe, like your foot is, that's it. That's all that's there. But then just imagine if it's your toe in that football field. That's it. That's... That's the solar system compared to that football field of a black hole. It's that massive. And I can't... So for people who don't know football... (laughs) (laughs) A field of some kind. And I can't... Mm. It's just insane that... Like our solar system... Like our... we, We... We're like... So you know like the red giant... Like that red storm... In uh, the red eye yes. or whatever it is in on Jupiter. in Jupiter, so two Earths yeah. can like fit in that, and like there's, um, you know, and our and Jupiter is bigger than like most of anything else in this in the solar system apart from the sun, and the sun is gigantic, like, like, like we like, like an like California is gigantic. You know what I mean? Like, if, but we just can't comprehend. <laughs> like, it's just it's so weird that like. There's this object out there that is thousands of times bigger than the solar system, like the mass of it. And I can't, if that doesn't make you feel humble, then I don't know what does. You know what I mean? Like, obviously the universe is bigger than that black hole, but that's almost like this abstract concept when it comes to size. But when that thing is actually there and it's that big, I don't, I think more people need to see stuff like this so that they can feel like humble and insignificant and, you know, have their priorities straightened. Yes. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can see these things that we're only (laughs) describing to you. Yeah. I've really kind of, uh, I've really thought this through, haven't I? Hmm. What did I? You've done well. I, yeah. 
So I mean, at least you sent me the size check. Yeah, I know, right? I That's... can enjoy the the view. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah. So this is one of the comments that I saw on there that in reference to the massive, massive black hole. That's like comparison to our solar system. So the one at the center of the Milky Way that we've got is called Sagittarius A, and it's about 88, kilo- 88 million kilometers in diameter. That's about 0.588 uh, AU, which is the unit of measurement. Uh, the one above in that post uh, is way bigger. It's 2,700 times larger in diameter and about 10,000 times as massive. So num- like sizes and numbers that are, are almost beyond comprehension for us. Is, is what's happening there. So, black holes, they're, they're insane. They're insane things. Although, if you see Interstellar, then, you know, that, that kind of helps as well. Do you want me to blow your mind a little bit more? Oh, yes, please. All right. Since you were, con- like, you, you seemed like your mind was breaking a little bit, so I will give in you a, good a little way. bit more here. In, in the good way, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I was reading up on them as well. And it, there was just sort of like, it's sort of just, I guess this one is is not just for kids, it's for adults too. So oh my thank God, you, yeah. NASA. Um, so it was basically just describing what black holes are. And yeah. yes, black holes can be big or small. And apparently, obviously we haven't found them because we wouldn't really, this is pretty much impossible to find. Like black holes are reasonably out of the ones that we know of, there are so many more that we don't know because you just can't detect them until they start acting on other objects. I yes. cannot stress that enough. Yes. Um, so there's so many more. But apparently, scientists think that the smallest black holes might be just as small as one atom. So obviously, like, they're that small, but they have, like, the mass of a mountain or more inside them. Like a which million is suns. pretty crazy to think of. Yeah. They are very dense in the best kind of way. Yeah. Not in a rude way. Yeah. Um, they're not dumb. That's what we're saying. They're, they're, they're not, not slow. Dumb. They're not they're just slow. Dense. They're yeah. just dare I say thick? No. I think that doesn't work here. Thick. That, they're just dense. Yes. I tried to make it culturally like available to people, but it, it just, just didn't did not work. work out, no. Um yeah, so the small ones obviously we don't really know about. Um, but most of them are called stellar black holes because they come from stars. And nice. I think the one that you were talking about would be a supermassive black yes, hole. Yes, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. So there's, I think the most common ones are stellar because they come from, you know, stars that explode in a supernova, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. They form black holes. Um, but so, well, oh, this is also the one that had, could a black hole destroy Earth? Like, just in case people <laughs> were worried about it still. Um, which I, I'll admit, with everything happening lately, I had kind of just ignored that at all. Like, I was like, oh, well, if it happens, Existential you know what? threat, yeah. Eh. I'm like, whatever, it's fine. You have a better chance of, like, the universe having a giant crunch rather than... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but, so going off of black holes, we assume that they just kind of exist to suck stuff in, which, like very this, this is my very non-scientific yeah. way of saying they're like giant space vacuum cleaners which eh, yes and no yeah. mostly no but i'm gonna say yes um but they think they have might have found evidence and i can't actually say for sure who has done it okay so i have <laughs> before me the astrophysical journal mm, yes yeah. um published september 2018 so this is quite recent wow. um 
Yeah, so obviously take this with a grain of salt yeah. as well as with a grain of black hole because, um, you know, <laughs> science is always learning new stuff. Exactly. But they were thinking that they found the best way I can describe it is almost like a fountain, like a black hole fountain. So okay. you know how a fountain in, in um, you know, just in a lake or something. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It kind of draws water up. It shoots water out. The water goes back around. It draws water. It's just a continuous cycle. It's pretty nice. Fountains are great. They look lovely. It's pleasant. Um, so apparently there is a supermassive black hole that may be acting as a sort of pump for this fountain which um okay so uh this this supermassive black hole has been spewing out like incredibly cold gas um obviously we we're in space we're not gonna have a water fountain that won't work um so there's a giant galaxy at the center of this big lump of galaxies called the abel 2597 um, and they've been kind of looking for this for a while. Like, it's not new information that there are probably, f- like, black hole fountains out there. Yeah. Um, but basically, they needed a, like they needed to find it. So they, they've thought that, yeah, fuel must have to circle around. Otherwise, it would just kind of float out. And, like, we would eventually come across some kind of thing. Like, how would you yeah. contain that? Um, so they have, they think they've finally spotted it using a couple of, powerful telescopes that i'm not even going to try to explain to you because i don't know what they do i'll be honest but the atacama large millimeter array and the multi-unit spectroscopic explorer so that's (laughs) alma and muse as as they call them (laughs) yeah um yeah so muse showed the gas being pumped out and reaching the top of plume alma showed how it kind of like came back down um so basically, it's it's sort of just forming this this cycle, which is pretty cool, because um, you wouldn't really think that black holes let anything back out, but clearly they have. So yeah, um, they they expect that this is kind of to stop galaxies from growing too quickly, because any gas that they spew out could be used to form stars. Basically, um, yeah. Well, I guess like more like they're they're filled with hot gas to begin with and then the cold gas kind of yeah um but yeah they they basically say like if if they didn't have this fountain effect like stuff would just so many stars but obviously they'd be a little like a little bit too close to each other so yeah, i guess that's yeah. like their own way of kind of keeping it spaced keeping out some sort of <laughs> what a pun <laughs> keeping it spaced out and we'll be here next week too. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. So that is very close. That's it's very cool. I can kind of like I'd literally be reading to you what happens because I still am trying to wrap my head around. Yeah, a same bit. here. I feel like um, I sh- we should encourage everybody to continue to research and look up, look these things up and gain as much knowledge as possible about whatever. Yeah, it would be cool to link some of these papers too. So we probably should do that. Um, But yeah, basically it's just, it's it's just a way to recycle this gas and not let too many stars grow, which is, that's like as much as I can break it down without like having to explain every little thing, which I'm still reading about and I'm still comprehending. Yeah, I, I, I'm, 
I feel like I, it's just, it's just so many, uh, I can't even, comp- yeah, you know, I know what you mean. Are you it's, broken? Yeah, I'm broken. Are you broken? I'm broken. Mm. So tell me your, tell me your fact. Tell me your facts. My facts. I, I won't I just, try to I just go any further at, into that I just started fact. looking at more black hole sort of websites and. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I found this really cool one from um, the Stanford. Don't get sucked in. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Boom. And we're done. I found mm. one from the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy, which is strange, but anyway, uh, I'm just sort of reading <laughs> through that. And it's got some really cool kind of elements to it. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I, the, it's funny with black holes is they, they come into conflict. Like the very existence of a black hole is in conflict with, um, what does it say? Like, with standard, like, with, like, quantum mechanics and general relativity. Like, the, the standard model of how the universe works breaks down when a black hole exists, which I find fascinating, that this thing out there defies nature, essentially. And... Yeah. it's But then it's also, like, the clue that gives us this chance to com- not completely understand the universe, but almost understand how things function in all different states when it comes to the universe and yeah i just okay okay. so this is what it says it's like in the in the little intro thing that they've got here uh the evolution of black holes is also apparently in conflict with standard quantum evolution for such evolution rules out the sort of increase in entropy that seems to be required when black holes are present. This has led to a debate over what fundamental physical principles are likely to be preserved in or violated by a full quantum theory of gravity, which is just something completely different. And <laughs> Break I, it down for us, Nick. I can't because I don't know where it goes. Um, so I don't... But there's there's different things because this is from 2009. This 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 paper, and I think <gasps> old there are, news. Yeah, what I think there shame. are there are different stronger theories out there when it comes to uh, a unified theory. Um, like I know that string theory is one, uh, quantum gravity is another one, and they've found gravitational waves, which is probably a good way to. Uh, they discovered gravitational waves, which is a huge leap forward when it comes to how the universe functions. Uh, is it or is it one small step for man? <laughs> this this is just going to be littered with space puns. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I know. I've I've come to that uh I've come to that acceptance. So mm. <sighs> Okay, so he, I'm going to just read some of the stuff here because it's it's fascinating but also hard to kind of digest and uh like sort of find a way to regurgitate that into something that I'm trying to understand. So one avenue that has seemed particularly promising here is the attempt to apply quantum theory to black holes. I should probably tell, ask people what quantum theory is, but I can't even go into it. Anyway, this is in part because it's completely <laughs> gravitational entities. Black holes present an essentially pure, especially pure case to study the quantization of gravity further because of the gravitational force grows without bound as one nears a standard black hole singularity one would expect quantum gravitational effects which would come into play at extremely high energies to manifest themselves in black holes uh 
Right. Right. Break it down for <laughs> us, Nick. Um, black. Oh, it's got, doesn't give me any links to things. I've got to like. Okay. Quantum theory. <laughs> what is science? <laughs> <laughs> Please Google what is science. Um, I mean, basically, it kind of goes along with what you were saying before, though, that like it doesn't necessarily follow what you would expect yeah. out of, well, the universe in general. Which yeah, is, exactly. Which is pretty cool. Although then you have to kind of know what is expected in the universe in general. Well, we which is also pretty, hard to yeah i have a pretty good idea of what is expected here on earth but you know i don't know what's frowned upon in the universe like do they use two soup spoons like do they know. use a different fork for dessert i have no clue and this is what bothers me nick is a spork called a foon oh my god you know what is just <laughs> how do we quantify black holes if we don't even know exactly right uh, what else is there? What I, I feel like there's a thousand different things we can talk about with just black holes, but there's also obviously other things that we can we can talk about. Oh, did you want me to delve into my universe facts for kids? Yeah. Oh, do you want me to tell you? Uh, okay, I've got one simple little fact here that we can kind of like as a palate cleanser, just to sort of. Oh yes. I have nothing else apart from this, but there is like a simple explanation for it. Anyway. You live 80 milliseconds in the past. This is the time it takes for our brains to process information. So, deal with it. So, you say palate cleanser, but, like, (laughs) that just makes it worse. Yeah. Thanks. No matter what you do, you are living 80 milliseconds in the past. I feel real good. Yeah. So... Um. I mean, essentially, you're traveling through time, but you're always seeing the after image of something. I mean, this makes sense. Yeah. I, it's kind of sweet. I kind of like that. It's a nice little fact. Uh, I kind of oh, hate it because I like to be on time, but okay. <laughs> here's another Here's another one because I... If... Okay. I don't know if this is... This isn't really a... Okay. Here we go. Sorry. I'm, I'm all over the shop here. If the sun was scaled down to the size of a white blood cell, which is small, the Milky Way would be the size of the continental United States. So. <laughs> I like how you just describe a white blood cell as small. Yeah. Not like you need a microscope to see it, just small. It's like tiny. like a like a chihuahua. It's <laughs> it's 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 okay. It's, it's petite. kind of reasonably small. It's petite. It's a petite like a cell. Teacup poodle. <laughs> Alright, those are my those are, Those are your my more palate cleansing ones. facts. Yeah. What have What else have you got? I have other. I have plenty um, as well, but I. I kind of oh, feel like you're always like you've got a good jumping off point. I have a terrible jumping off point. Oh, fantastic! Here we, go. here we go. All right. Um. Okay, so obviously we've discussed how the universe is always expanding, and you yes. can't reach the edge because like it's expanding, and that would kind of defeat the purpose. It has and a head start on and you. And you can't go faster than the speed of light, so. No. Yeah. And um, we've already discussed that it's really, really freaking old. And like, honestly, again, let's just mention that we can't even comprehend what billion is. Like, I mean, I can't. Maybe you can. Maybe maybe whoever's listening can. Um, but I personally can't. So no. when you, I say, yeah, yeah, the universe is 13.5 billion years old, but the Earth is only about 4.5 billion years old. And I go, hang on. Wait a second. And we're Something only like... 20- like 26 doesn't seem so bad no it doesn't 
I'm feeling pretty <laughs> you're, young. You're doing so. all right. Like, if you ever need, like, if you're ever feeling bad about your birthday, just think about the earth and be like, oh, yeah. you're looking pretty good for your age. Or I Oof. found it. Oh, brief aside, uh, what did I find? I found this. There was a star that is almost as old as the universe. Uh, so, I mean, you know, it's still going as well, this star. Well, I, I think it's dead now. There you I'm go. I'm not too sure. But it was formed. Oh, well, I guess yeah. we won't know. Uh, it was. Until. It dates back to 13.5 million years, which is around 300 million years bef- after the birth of the universe. So it's a pretty old thing. It's apparently the oldest known object in the universe. So mm, that makes you feel pretty now. good. It's dead. No, is it may it not dead? be dead. I'm actually. It's probably like one of those oh, it's celebrity still, it's, things where no, it's still dimly twinkling. It's still dimly twinkling. Can yeah. I ruin that for you? It may be dead, and we just won't know until the light stops reaching the Earth. Well, okay, so here's... Yeah, that's a good... All right, well... <laughs> so, anyway. hold on to your dreams, kids. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't Just kidding. It's definitely anywhere. dimly twinkling. You're absolutely right. And it's also, dimly twinkling. you know how we talk about... So, the observable, observable universe, which is, you know, roughly... Like, that's the observable universe, not what is going on after that so we can never see what's beyond the observable universe which might be i think it's like i'm not sure if it's what i can see but we can actually look back we can look at things about 45 billion light years away which is gigantic obviously pretty reasonable yeah it's pretty Uh, it could be further but you know (laughs) I've seen fur- I've seen further. I've seen further. In uh, my day, we had to look at the universe <laughs> with our own eyes. But uh yeah. It's not bad. Could be worse. Oh, where is it? Oh no. You've uh, lost something but you really I, I have it. I have lost it. Anyway. <sighs> anyway, there's, uh, there's here, more let me, let that. me cleanse your palate. Let yeah, me cleanse okay, your palate right. for a second with with just a useless fact that you never wanted to know but now you really want to know more about it. Nice. Um from this National Geographic for Kids, uh, when venturing into space, astronauts wear spacesuits, obviously, uh, which have to be warmed, cooled, pressurized, and supplied with fresh air. This takes six hours for them to put on, and I didn't realize that. But if you have to get that much like pressurization and stuff, oh my God. why would it not take six hours? So really, it all God, makes once sense. You take them, yeah. Once you put them on, you really never want to take them off. You're like, oh my God, I have to pee now. Like what? I know, right? It just like that's that's some commitment there. That's some determination to uh, undergo such strenuous activities, knowing that you aren't going to be able to pee at any point. And you know that once you start thinking Actually, about it, or your nose, could you imagine? I think you can pee. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, that my makes god, sense. your nose. Um, hang on. That'd be the worst. And you would. Google I- is gonna hate me. <laughs> I know that I would automatically need to scratch my nose. I, there'll be a phantom itch there the moment I put a spacesuit on and I'll never be able to scratch it. So I don't know how I'm going to deal with it. Maybe that's probably why I should go into space. Among many mm. other things is, is as well. There are decidedly a lot of articles about how do astronauts pee. 
Um, there are so many right now that I want you to know that this is not just a question that we have. Yeah. But since I started this, many. I'm going to finish it. Okay, go I'm for going it. to finish it. Um, you're welcome. Yes. Uh, oh my God, there's a history of it too. So apparently, obviously, when they first went to space, it wasn't really something that crossed their minds. <laughs> So apparently... Where can we find a good bathroom in space? That's essentially... That's low on the priority Yes. Um, so there are things that have, that have happened here. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be doing a lot of editing and cutting on this episode. Are you? Okay, yeah. because I have to tell you that because obviously NASA was like so excited to get people into space. And yeah. why would you not be? It's an amazing accomplishment. Of course. They didn't really think about bladders up there. So in 1961, Alan Shepard, the first person in space, was apparently, he peed his pants. Um, <laughs> oh. uh, yeah. <laughs> well, like, we've, we've all been there. Um, we've all been there, you know? Look, yeah, you know what? Kindergarten, man. Like, that was a rough time for all of us. So. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. I got you. He's uh, it's he's yeah. very relatable, you know. I can. I mean, that's the thing. Like, uh, th- but those are the little things that you kind of forget about when it comes to like, I guess, with space travel. It's like, well, how do you pee? You know. But then, yeah, it needs to. It, you need to figure it out because, like, all the s- most simple things that we take for granted on Earth, you can't essentially do. Th- the normal way in space because so so much of what we do is based on gravity mm. so yep. it needs to be different and altered when we're up there oh my god i've got a history of them okay here you go you asked for this please edit this out but yes, here, we go. here we go uh so apparently pea catchers used to look like um basically condoms and they came in like little roll-on cuffs and they were not designed to be used by women because of course they weren't because we only think of the men that's fine i'm not upset i'm not salty at all um so yeah it's called that has used like yeah that's pretty much how do you name this stuff how on earth do you name this stuff it's got a it's probably got like a boring like nasa designation number as well like t5 p you know seven four ten or something I sincerely well. hope a lot of this is wrong, to be yeah. fair, but, like, I'm I'm going on. Is it from NASA? It. This is from, um, they have, oh, yep, there is a source here, NASA, there's just, oh, my lord, they have, like, a contraption here. All right, we're gonna, we're gonna. Uh, we're gonna skip ahead to the more comfortable <laughs> okay. things that they've All done right. now. Okay. Uh, cause this is just horrid, but you should look this up because this is great. Horrifying. Um, okay. this is horrifying, yeah. but basically we went from, uh, pee condoms to basically they have like vacuum toilets now. Okay. Yeah. I've so heard of, this I've doesn't heard of that, yeah. help. Yeah. This doesn't necessarily help in the space suit. I don't think. No. Although you might be able to hook yourself up to it, but you can. You can. You yeah. can, um. Like in yeah, the, in the, basically. in the craft itself. Yes, and it'll it'll suck it. everything up. It'll store stuff, and then the vacuum power must be astronomical. 
Oh, my God. Yeah, so basically uh, it gets stored on the part of the ship that'll burn up as you come back to Earth anyway. Oh, so okay. you like if you were ever worried about pooping at a party, that's probably the best way to poop because yeah. no evidence. Yeah. Um, Just put it where <laughs> put it where reentry is when it gets burnt up. <laughs> yeah. You can't really oh, do that at a party, but unless you well, unless the house can... itself sort of goes into some sort of reentry mode, which I'm Always have your parties in space. Exactly. Hey, Dad, do you actually know the best way to have a space party? How? You plan it. We're going to end it there. <laughs> <laughs> you you literally, you just, yeah. you gave me no other choice. I, you set I me know, up for I this. I know, I did, I did. I love you. <laughs> That's not going to win me back. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Uh, that's that's it. That's all I got for you. I, I we have, have vacuum toilets now. I have I have more info about the size of the universe, which I was trying to like frantically uh, gather more information about. So oh, bear good. with me as I as I go through this. Uh, so we can we can look at a region of space that lies thirteen point eight billion light years away, but it's almost like uh, a ship in the ocean. So you can look at one point. Uh, and it's 13.8 billion light years away. And then maybe look for it at the other point and it's essentially 13.8 billion light years away. So the, I guess, the, for lack of a better word, the sphere of this universe, because there's, there's a theory that the universe is actually flat, uh, not not in a two-dimensional way, but in a <laughs> different way that uh, I probably should look up as well to help people I'm, understand I'm going to start the Flat Universe Club. <laughs> Yeah. I'm gonna, it's going to be great. Yeah. Um, oh, I probably shouldn't. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. And so, it's an observable fear with a radius of 13.8 billion light years. But, the universe is expanding. So, while... The, so, the universe is continuing to expand. It, if infl- inflation occurred at a constant rate throughout the life of the universe up to this point... That same spot is 46 billion light years away today, making the diameter of the observable universe um, around 92 point, 92 billion light years, which is unfathomable. Uh, but even further, uh, they can measure the universe in a myriad of different ways. Uh, they can measure the waves from the early universe known as by baryonic acoustic oscillations that fill the cosmic microwave background. They can also use standard candles. I don't know what that means. Such as type 1A supernova. Ah, okay. okay. That's what they mean by standard candles. Supernova. To measure distances. However, they can provide different answers, which makes sense. But inflation is changing like how inflation changes is also a mystery so while the estimate of 92 billion light years comes from an idea of constant inflation like a constant rate of inflation many scientists think the rate is slowing down really i thought the rate was speeding up so if the universe expanded at the speed of light during inflation it should be 10 to the power 10 to the 23 uh light years across which is 100 sextillion light years which is insane so that's that's a lot of numbers yeah it's a lot of that's the thing like there's just a lot of numbers here which is just in i love it 
here's another here's another little bit that I was talking about the shape of the universe that I was saying it was flat. So the size actually depends on the shape in a lot of ways. So there could be the universe could be closed like a sphere, infinite and negatively curved like a saddle or flat and infinite. So a finite universe has a finite size that can be measured. This would be case in a closed spherical universe, but an infinite universe has no size by definition. According to NASA, scientists know that the universe is flat with only about a 0.4% margin of error. I don't know what that means. (laughs) I'm saying that a lot. And that could change your understanding of how big the universe is. So this suggests that the universe is infinite in extent. However, since the universe has a finite age, we can only observe a finite volume of the universe. So all we can truly conclude, uh, this is from NASA's website, all we can truly conclude is that the universe is much larger than the volume we can directly observe. So even though we can observe like a 92 billion light year or however many light years, the actual size of the universe is astronomically bigger. Uh, you use that word like it's not ironic. I well, I can't think of any other words now, so that's it. Well, there you go. And that was from space.com, which is, I mean, they they got on early with the with the space.com domain. Space.com. Oh yeah, do you yeah. know what I found on space.com? What did you find on space.com? I just want you to know that I I was diligently looking it up because I knew you wanted to know, and in actual space suits. You either wear diapers. <laughs> you knew this was coming. I wasn't done. I was trying to get away from it. But you just had to pull it back. You wear diapers okay. or they're working on something that'll allow you to live in the suit for six days. That's pretty cool. Yeah, like eat and you do all your stuff in the suit and like for six days, which, yeah. oh, like that's a lot, but I guess, sure. Yeah. So what you can- like, that's almost a week. Yeah, it's almost. You have to get dressed on Sundays. That's Sunday is just a rest day for the suit. It's it's clocking off at that point. Just, yeah, yeah, I just wondering how you would eat even more though, because like, do you just have little things like floating in front of you that you just? Well, it's pressurized, so no. I'm sure, you like, just... <laughs> I'm sure they've got like a feeding tube or something where that's. You eat it off your helmet. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> We should not go into space. I don't think it would work out for us at all. Mm. <laughs> no. You'll no, be trying. So. I can see you trying to like wipe something from your face in your helmet and just continuously going, why can't I get it? I can't seem to attach. <laughs> Where? It's just, it's still not there. It's still not. <sighs> or like having to itch your nose and then like rubbing it against the front of the suit and then like just having a grease mark there. Yeah. That would happen. I, I know that it's happened. I just know it. Yeah. I just feel that it's happened before. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my last... I promise, no more diaper talk. I prom. Well, I don't promise, but like yeah, that's, I'm, I'm, that yeah. was my last fact for that, so... Um, you know what I you. kind of... You know what is sort of my new favorite, like, space like term, which I've sort of found when I was discovering, when I was sort of researching some, some stuff? Uh, main sequence star... I kind of like that term. It's very, uh, it's something like simple and kind of poetic about it. Do you even know what I'm talking about? Oh. Main sequence star? Yeah. 
I so, have an idea, but it's been a while since so, I took physics. Yeah. <laughs> so main sequence stars like our star, like our sun, uh, fuse hydrogen atoms yeah. to form here. So basically, it's sort of where it's at at the moment. Uh, and ninety percent of the stars in the universe are main sequence stars. They can range from a tenth of the mass of our sun up to two hundred times as massive. That which is pretty, which is pretty cool. So that's pretty cool. And here I was thinking way. main sequence was like. Catherine Zeta-Jones or something, but I see I was wrong. <laughs> a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, all right, so... Wh- I mean, there's a lot... There's a lot more to get through here, which I'm which I'm loving. It's just... What, what else have you got? What else have you got going at the moment? Me? I focused on that... that- the big one. And okay. also, I, I want to add to that, that I found you a whole new diaper. Like, I mean, I brought that in here. You I, I yeah. finished it. Like, I, I think I've made my contribution today, but I can always find more. Oh, yeah. Here's you're one not, for you. You're not wrong. Here's one for you. Um, but that is that is a lot to chew on as it is. Yeah. <laughs> it is a lot well, to chew oh, on. Oh, that's a terrible phrase for what we've just discussed. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, You're welcome. We're really kind of mining the depths of, you know, the the cosmic whatever. Um, mm. So, you know what? Like, one of the reasons Just... why I was, like, I suggested doing this topic was there's this cool Wikipedia entry, which, again, obviously you want to go further than Wikipedia, but it's a good place to start, <laughs> where it has, like, the chronology of the universe like uh, and like the future of it, which is just so fascinating to read. Like, there's a lot of just hypothesis, hypothesizing there and stuff like that. But it's just sort of reading how far people have predicted things to go is quite impressive. But here's one little sort of prediction, which I guess is you could sort of count it as fact um, in one way. So. Approximately 100 to 150 billion years from now, this very moment, this second, the universe's expansion causes all galaxies beyond the former Milky Way's local group, which is our sort of cluster of galaxies, to disappear beyond the cosmic light horizon, removing them from the observable universe. So, which is sort of in conflict which, which is with what I was talking about before, about how scientists were saying that things were slowing down. Because I'm pretty sure, like, there's the consensus that expansion is increasing, like, the rate. So, things are speeding up, and we're getting further, and we're separating further and further away from each other. So, we're all going to be isolated and alone at a point in time. Yeah, that sounds like now, actually, but, you know, <laughs> even more isolation seems fun, too, yeah. so... I mean, that's, that's what we've got to look forward to. We're just prepping ourselves for it. Do you remember when we said, wow, let's do a podcast that doesn't depress everyone, and now we're just talking about how utterly alone we are in space? Yeah. I forgot about that part. Because mm. then I, mm. I thought about, and I put this one down here as well, in that, th- in, so before that happens, <laughs> um, circa three billion years from now, there is roughly a one in 100,000 chance that the Earth might be ejected into interstellar space. So, oh, Thank God. I've been yeah, waiting for that. That's what we've got to look forward to. And a one in three million chance that it will then be ca- captured by another star. So... Oh, my but, God. Literal but, Star Wars. Potentially, it's kind of like 
tennis, you know. But potentially, just somehow, I mean, I don't know if it's possible because in three billion years, I, f- I think the sun's size and makeup will be cause the Earth to not actually inhabit life. But just say it does, uh, or there is still some form of life on Earth. That means that if it gets captured by another star and it's it's a sufficiently um like it's a goal it's it's a sufficiently healthy star and it's a star that works with our earth again we could potentially continue life on earth but in a completely separate part of the universe which is kind of cool that is pretty cool yeah so that's... you say we but i'm going to be long yeah gone. we are not going to be here um mm, not no, even close no. to it we as a we as an idea i suppose yeah. and by life on earth it may just be little lichens they're pretty cool well, yeah but lichens are nice what if nice we, guys okay so what if we did this then what if we somehow managed to survive whatever shit is about to go down over the next two or three centuries and we come mm. out of the other side and we're all fantastic and surviving and whatnot. And we harness, like, all this different energy that means that we can essentially make, like, the Earth, like, our own, like, ship. And so we can go into the hibernation when the sun decides to do its thing. And then we can kind of push ourselves out when we get thrown by um, some kind of stellar encounter, which is what this is sort of predicting and find our way like we've we've spotted another star and we've done the measurements and we we figure out this is where we need to be for this and we find our way to that star and start the. it sounds like you need to write a tv series about it is what it sounds like i think i think you're right i think Mm. we might have something here this could be this could work this whole thing was just science fiction. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> None of this is real. Suck it, okay. listeners. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else is there? I have so many things here that is just okay. Again, I don't know how to represent this thing that's probably better represented visually, but there's an epoch called the inflationary epoch, which is basically just after the Big Bang happened. Uh, and it's yes during this epoch the universe suddenly expanded and its volume increased by a factor of le- of increased by a factor of at least 10 to the power of 78 which is just again we're gonna say it's a lot it's a lot that seems like a good idea which is the equivalent to expanding an object that's one nanometer which is 10 to the power of minus nine meters which is about half the width of a molecule of DNA in length to one. So it's, you know, relatively small. Yeah. Yeah. Relatively small to one. That's pro- kind of like a poodle. <laughs> it's kind of like a, so a poodle expanded into a bigger poodle is what I'm trying to say here. So mm-hmm. yeah. So an object yes. that's one nanometer in length expanding to an object that's to one that's approximately 10.6 light years long. Or 62 trillion miles. so That's a long poodle. That's a long poodle. That's a lot of hair. I think they call it a dachshund at that point. <laughs> long well, dog is yeah, long. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's, that's a lot of... 
it's going to cost you a lot to cut to trim that poodle up you know what i mean mm. so i was concerned when you said cut but i realize you meant groom yeah groom so groom sorry that's yeah groom I, I, I made the mistake groom yeah. we don't want to be violent no 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 violence towards dogs on this podcast allowed <laughs> not no of course not do you have like mm. sorry i'm just going through like i have so i don't know where i am here I am. You don't know where you are? I will let you know. I'm going to tell you right now. You are on Earth, which some say is flat, and uh, you are in Australia, but some say that doesn't exist. So, where you are is more of a state of being, wouldn't you say? You're in this giant floating universe, and you don't even... You're, it's, think of it as a viscous thought. Actually, Did any of that make sense? Here's something that's going to freak you out. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. See, I was joking. This is the difference. No, you actually you actually just reminded me of something. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Um, there's this theory called the... Well, this, I guess, uh, problem called the Boltzmann brain problem, which is named after the 19th century Austrian physicist Ludwig Boltzmann. No, he was a good guy. I knew him. Yeah. He said, okay, so this is sort of like what the the general picture of it is from the New York Times, from a New York Times article about 10 years ago, that it could be the weirdest and most, most embarrassing prediction in the history of cosmology, if not science. If true, it would mean that you yourself re- reading this article or listening to this podcast are more likely to be in some momentary fluctuation in a field of matter and energy out in space than a person with a real past born through billions of years of evolution in an orderly star-spangled cosmos. Your memories and the world you think you see around you are illusions. Wow, I take it back. He was actually kind of a jerk. Yeah. (laughs) That's just... Like, why would you make someone think that... Like, when you get... Okay, have you have you experienced this? Obviously, we are kind of experiencing this, yes. experiencing this right now. But when you think about these things for too long, and you just kind of lay there, and you just go, "What? What even is going on?" And yeah. then you just get this like existential dread, and you're like, "Oh my god, I get what everyone was about. I get Camus now. I I can read it without <laughs> laughing." Finally, yeah, um, yeah. So that that's that's my whole take on like this entire not only this podcast but just everything that I read about space is just like oh it's tipping me that much closer to the edge that I'm just going to fall off of and be like oh what is the world what is yeah. even this like all of a sudden you realize like how just unfathomable and random and so kind of meaningless it all is but not worthless. It could be meaningless, but not worthless, if that makes sense. Is is that a, is that is that true? I have no idea. I feel like that. That's just my, my meaningless, kind of but not thing. worthless. So all right, that's fair. It goes on to say, and again, this is just from the article, which I which I like. Um, the basic problem is that across the eons of time, the standard theory suggests the universe can recur over and over again in an endless cycle of big bangs, but it's hard for nature to make a whole universe. It's much easier to make fragments of one, like planets, yourself maybe in a spacesuit, or even in the most absurd and troubling example, which is the Boltzmann brain thing, a naked brain floating in space. Nature tends to do what is easiest from the standpoint of energy and probability. 
And so these fragments, in particular the brains, would appear far more frequently than real full-fledged universes, or, or more frequently than us. Or they might even be us. So Interesting. Yeah, and... It's, I mean, a lot of people are sort of saying how it's very absurd, but at the same time, that they're, that it's difficult for them to kind of, I guess, reconcile it, you know, like it's, it's, it's almost well, difficult to sort of push back on it, even though it's, it's a little, we- it's almost too absurd to like be able to go, no, that's not right. Because you're like, what are you even talking well, about to begin with? But okay. yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard to kind of really basically what it's saying is that there's just so many random there's there's an infinite number of random fluctuations and all that sort of stuff that that should be a thing more than other things that's more likely for you to be that than it is for you to be you here we go let's turn this into a positive message for all our listeners out there here we go because this dude thinks that you're more likely to be a floating brain in space than you are to be here right now. If you're feeling sad today, just know that you're awesome because you literally are like one in a billion chances. Not exactly. only at this universe, but at being you. Exactly Yay! right. That's what I you're love about awesome it. You're awesome because of that. Yeah. That's what I, I, I love it because we're essentially quantum fluctuations. We shouldn't exactly exist, but we do. And the fact that we that you exist, like you yourself exist, and that I exist over billions and billions of years uh, to sort of reach that point. Like all the, all the chance chances and all the specific situations and events that needed to occur. Like, you know, Alexander the Great needed to occur. Like World War II needed to occur. All these things needed to occur for that to happen, for you to be here right now. Um... And it's insane. Like, how, how, how is that? Like, it's literally a miracle. You know, like... You are a miracle! Yeah, because you shouldn't exist, but you do. And that's, that's astounding. You know, like, the fact that you exist is beyond comprehension. Also, you're made of stardust yeah. because we're all made of the same basic universal components. So don't ever forget that. That's there. That's my last happy thing to leave you with. Like that was I was holding out on that. Like, <laughs> and then everything else from now on is just not going to be at this, all enjoyable. You're the same as stardust. That was my happy thing. That was my go get him. Like go get him, champ. You can do anything. It makes it makes things except for fly. Don't try. Don't try to fly. No, don't don't try to fall. We, we haven't reached don't, that. Don't try to fall. We haven't reached that point yet. Let's yeah, mm. let's step back. Let's don't step, jump off things. Slowly step back from that, uh, and we'll we'll mm. figure that out later. Is there any uh, like ideas or theories or concepts like like from space or from wherever that like like apart from black holes, which are clearly just mind bending, that you sort of continually kind of recall or like. Re- get reminded of or, or, or stuff like that like for me those Borman brains are or Boltzmann brains pop up every now and again for me because it's just such a weird concept but it's also kind of I don't know like it's a, it's an alluring kind of concept whereas like just because of how weird and fast like it fascinates me that it's there that it's the thing that someone thought that up like do you have anything like that where you're just like oh shit yeah that's right like that's insane 
Um, nothing quite that weird. Uh, every now and then, because you know I love to have anxiety. It is my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, in the universe, you'd say. Uh, and I love that. And I just, I know reading about the universe that is continually like, oh, you know what? The Big Bang has probably happened a lot more than this. And I was like, oh, good. Yeah. Uh, and then there's that idea of, oh, my God, at any second, there could be a big crunch, which just means the universe comes back to its initial, like, little energy ball or yeah, whatever. Singular whatever instinct. your image is for that. Um, yeah. But honestly, you would never know if it happened and you would never know if it was going to happen. So I figure, you know, why worry about it, really? <laughs> Just live your life. But then, like, you know? there's always that, like, brain that, like, when you're having a bad day, you're like, oh, my God, what if this happens? And you're like, shut up. It's not. First of all, you'll never know. Yeah. So you're fine. You're, yeah. Like, you're, you're going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, So that, that would be my thing that I yeah. keep going back to. That it could just happen at any point. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh. It's okay, because you'll never know. Quantum physics, man. Anything is... Things are in alternate states at the same time until you measure it. Meaning you look at that it. That sound was supposed to be my mind exploding, but I realized it could have also been the universe crunching, so you never know. I just wanted to clarify that. There's been nothing... Nothing happening. It's it's good. <laughs> we're, still, we're still totally fine. Reporting from my house, we are still okay, so uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, we're doing pretty well on this end as well, so. Okay, good. Uh. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I like as well? Quasars. So. Oh, yeah, they're pretty sick. They're pretty cool. Pretty sick. Pretty sick. What are they? <laughs> <laughs> so do you just like the word or the... I do like the word, um... Ah, they're like the most they're the brightest uh, objects in the universe, which I love. So they can exceed the amount of light that like emits from an entire galaxy of stars, like 100 or 200 billion stars, which again is insane. So apparently there's like these. So there's projections that there's anywhere between 200 and or 100 billion to 2 trillion galaxies in the universe. So just say there's a trillion galaxies in the universe. Um, that's a lot. That's a lot of galaxies. And that... And look, they're not all going to have... But just say... And there's like 100... And then within each galaxy on average is like 100 to 400 billion stars. Uh, so let's just say it's like 100 billion stars so that we're all kind of... On the conservative end of things. If there's a trillion galaxies... And a hundred billion stars. I don't know how big that number is, but it's pretty massive. I just... I don't know where I'm going with that, but I'm pretty sure it's I, a... I don't either. It's a, it's a big number. It's a big number. It's true. And we're here, like, complaining about stuff. It's like, you're just alive. Like, the fact that you're alive is insane. So, you know, we shouldn't really be... We shouldn't be complaining when, like... You know, we try to send a text message and it doesn't quite send on time. <laughs> like, it's okay. I don't know. Do you know how much Quasars, like, hate that, though? Or Quasars, however you want to say it. Uh, like, they hate <laughs> when their fucking text messages don't go through. Well, I mean, they should be annoyed by that. They're in a position to be... Because 
they're the brightest things. They're the b- brightest. How do you things. think the rest of the galaxies feel about that, Nick? Annoyed. You can't just be like they're the brightest things. They're annoying. Like, yeah, like yeah, I, I can see that. I can exactly. S- I can see Quasar's being a little bit uh, pretentious and maybe a little bit. Uh, they might brag a lot. I think. They're also, those like prodigal kids that you yeah. hate, but you also love, but you hate them, and but you love them. Exactly. You can't. You you're kind of in awe of them, but you're also like mm. annoyed by them. And also because Quasar's are close. They 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 form close to black holes. So, um, they, sorry, they live in galaxies with, uh, only live in galaxies with, with supermassive black holes. So I feel like they're kind of like the cool kids because no one else really talks to black hole. Like no one else is really allowed to go near black holes, but quasars, like they, they created around like with the supermassive black holes. So they're sort of, they've got one up on us and, they probably let you know about it and make you feel mm. kind of like less cool and nerdy and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Like you only wish you were as cool as a quasar because they're like, they got led into the club. And that's our, that's our moral of the story today. You only wish you were as cool as a quasar. <laughs> I, I think we've said all we need. Like, how can you come back from that? That's, I think we've that's covered what we needed to know. We've covered the entirety of the past, the present, and the ultimate future of the universe. With that one sentence. With that one sentence. <laughs> uh, I have so many other things that I want to talk about on, on, on space, but I know that we don't have, we don't have all the time in the world for it. I mean, we, no, we don't, because we essentially, well, one we, we do, unless, unless there's a giant crunch. And then, even then, I don't know, maybe we can. And then we do again. So, but in a couple billion years, so. Just, just throwing this out there. Do you adhere to like the notion that the universe continuously has a big bang and a big crunch like infinity of them like it always begins and it always ends and always begins again i adhere to no notions but i open the idea of them all i okay. i am open to i i'm open to anything that science is willing to throw at me that's not like that's not like there's a giant spaghetti monster in space kind of thing. Although that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, that's your limit, but that's yeah. like where you're going to cross the line. Like, Honestly, rooting for the spaghetti monster, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a good way to do it. I think more, more people should be more open to, to how nature works because then. Well, that's kind of science though. Yeah. You know, you have to be open because you're always learning new things. And if you're not willing to change based on what you find out, then you're not really You're a little bit closed-minded. No. <laughs> yeah. I think, and scientists, I think, are quite creative and imaginative because they have to think up things that actually, they have to think up problems and solutions that don't exist to most people or they don't exist yeah. in the observable world. I'm like, well, actually, did anyone think of that? It's like, no one thought of that. No one thought of the question to that answer. But you've thought of the answer <laughs> to a question that doesn't exist. Who are you? That Su- we didn't even know. Yeah. It's <laughs> insane. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, I feel like I should, like, close all my tabs. 
get rid of that. Oh, go on. Keep them open. Keep just, them. For, just for for fun. Just for fun. From now on, I will never stop. Did I... So, I, I mentioned to you that I went to... I've seen three movies this week. You did? On a completely different topic, because... Whatever. And <laughs> Nice segue. Yeah. So, I went to see Fantastic Beasts last night. The Crimes of Grindelwald. Grindelwald. Yes. Apparently, it's mm, yes. Swedish. Or Nordic. Um, <laughs> and I saw... Uh, oh... Bohemian Rhapsody on Monday night, and I saw. Uh, I went to the Latino Film Festival that opening night on Tuesday, which was great. Didn't realize Very that it was cool. quite a not a gala event, but a, an event that you sort of dress up on. Which for me, I should have known because I kind of overdress when it comes to things that are like an opening night or a major deal. But I didn't because it was hot. I'm like, screw it, I don't want to wear pants. And ah, yes. yeah, and there was free food, which I didn't get because there was too many lines and I was, I couldn't be bothered, but there was also free alcohol, which I did get, which was great and free, uh, tortilla chips, which I also did get, but why I bring this up and you know how I've discussed things like I've told stories that aren't quite stories, you know, like they just <laughs> yes. end. Well, this is like those things. So... Monday night, watched Bohemian Rhapsody, and I got to the last 20 minutes of the film, and from where I could sit, from where I was sitting, I could see the uh, the exit uh, on the left-hand side, like the top half of it, and I s- sort of heard these this mumbling, and, uh, and a few other people in the cinema kind of looked that way and looked back, and then this guy, this figure kind of stood in the entrance or the exit area. I just kind of stood there and sort of said a couple of things. And I don't know exactly what he was saying, but I immediately freaked out. Cause I'm thinking, Oh, is, is this guy going to like do something serious here? And he just, he was just there. Like he's not a, he wasn't a staff member. He wasn't, he was just standing there. Like, I don't know how old he was. I don't know what his demeanor was, but he just stood there and then he just walked off. And it just freaked me out that who does that? Who just stands there, says incoherent things, and then just wanders away? So I'm disappointed. That's like yeah, a disappointing. It ending. is like you want them to be a supervillain w- at that point. Exactly. Like, I want to see something happen. Like, don't get me excited for nothing. And then, yeah, like. Yeah. And then uh, on Tuesday night, I went to go see Roma, uh, which is Alfonso Cuaron's new film. He did Gravity and Prisoner of Azkaban and Children of Men. So this is his first film since Gravity. Oh, he did Prisoner of Azkaban. So he's the one who had them all in regular muggle clothes when they're at a wizarding school. I can't say I forgive him for it, but uh, go on. Okay. There's, there's There's some... There's some issue there. I can I can feel there's a there's some unresolved tension and uh, there's a bit of salt. There's yeah. a bit of salt. He there. also moved Hagrid's cabin, so oh like, okay, you know. But apart from mm-hmm. that, did you enjoy Prisoner of Azkaban? Um, to be honest, I have enjoyed all of the Harry Potter films, but never as much as the books. Like they've always yeah. been a little bit less good than the books, so. I can't say that my hopes have ever really been high for 
a good really like yeah do you mean like 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 you're not disappointed in the book in in the movies but they've never quite reached because for me like i always see like an adaptation especially with the fantasy um source it needs to at least capture the spirit of the book because i understand that you can't you know put everything it's not structured like a the book is not structured Mm. like a movie it needs to be different but um so yeah like you're not exactly chuffed with how it's how those films turned out or you, you felt like they could they could have been better or um to be fair i loved the first one yeah but that's kind of where the magic happens yeah. second one was like okay i understand you don't have enough time to put everything in but that's okay yeah. um they and the third one was like oh you're a new director and you've just changed everything about the world that the previous directors had which seems cool yeah so after that i was kind of like eh, eh. i'll see them but yeah i don't yeah. have to be first in line at the midnight oh opening. okay I don't know why I thought that like you it was... were like super like, like like a absolute like crazy fan over it. I don't know why I thought that. Um, I'm a crazy fan over the books. Yeah, uh, and I will read almost any material that comes my way. But and I do enjoy, you know, I enjoyed Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find yeah. Them mostly because there was not a book that was just a movie. Oh, okay, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I've never really, you know, when people are like, oh, let's have a Harry Potter marathon with all seven movies. I'm like, yeah. God, that sounds okay. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds some. Um, I could probably sit through that, but I'd much rather sit through Lord of the Rings, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Well, you had that chance, but you decided not to. So. Oh. At least I did. But um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that I've fully derailed you, yeah. there's the dude that was the director of the thing. Yeah. Um. Yes. Actually, also, just before we move on, oddly enough, I kind of think that J.K. Rowling should have written a series, uh, like this intended five film series as books, because she's clearly not a good scriptwriter. Okay, not, 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 okay, maybe that's too harsh. She hasn't grasped how to write a script right. You know what I mean? Like, she's, she's still writing the script as if she's writing a book. She's throwing a lot of things in there without realizing that you need context and you need to structure a story differently when it comes to a film instead of a novel. Because you can tell shit it's bursting at the seams with all this different information, but you can't quite use all that information because the film's going to be A, 25 hours long, and B, incoherent. So I almost feel like if she had written this series like concurrently with the films it would be a lot more, I guess, cohesive. But that's just my take from this, this last film, which... Oh, okay. But I, that, but I obviously reserve judgment to, to all things. But anyway, <laughs> where was I? Okay, so I went to the opening night. It was at the Astor Theatre, uh, which I love. And film's going along. It's a really beautiful, tender film. Uh, and about, again, about, I don't know, like sort of near, near the end of the film. And it's, and it's a big, it's a packed house as well. And near the end, uh, someone like a, a lady's voice sort of chirps up and she says, uh, we, we need a doctor. Is there, is there, is there a doctor around here? Uh, th- we got an emergency and, um, people start to like, 
you know, there's mumblings and all that sort of stuff, and people are take you know, they're, they're looking at where where that where the disturbance is, and she keeps saying, "We need a doctor. Is there a doctor? It's an emergency." Um, like not frantic, but just all of a sudden, people are starting to get a little bit apprehensive. Like, what's going on? Is something really serious about to go down? Is someone having like a heart attack, a stroke, a you know, like some sort of like incidents or, or whatever, you know, some of us, some are still watching the movie, some aren't and like, we're not sure. Like, and in my head, all of a sudden I'm thinking, do we have to cancel the, the, like the, the after party? Like, do we have to, like, does the film stop? Because what happens if this, like, is this person going to die? Like right now, like where's an ambulance? Like who should, should we be calling an ambulance right now? And so people are using their phones and putting light and shining light on the area. And I can't actually see specifically what's happening. Like I'm still, I'm like, I'm watching what's going on there. A couple of people walk down, like a couple of guys, a couple of girls, um, to check things out. I don't know if they're doctors, maybe they are, I'm pretty, you know, or they know what they, you know, everyone's, you know, she says like, does anyone know CPR and all that sort of stuff, which is a big, serious thing to throw out there. And, and then it quietens down. There's, as a, as a woman, there's a, as a man, um, who are kind of tending to the situation. And then it sort of, it sort of settles and people, you know, step back and the, 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 the phones, uh, go off and people sit back down and the movie's still going. And then the, the, the people who were sort of, uh, dealing with the situation headed back upstairs. No one's saying anything. And then who I assume was the person who had the health scare and her partner or her friend or whatever, they both got up and um, slowly walked out. And everyone was looking around, but no one was saying anything. And then we all just returned back to the movie. And that was it. And I just, I can't, I just sort of went, all right, well, did someone almost die or was it just someone was fainting? But nothing, nothing happened. Like, there was no change whatsoever. You know, there was a spike and then there wasn't. And then we all just returned to the normal scheduled programming. Why does all the weird shit happen when you go to the movies? I don't know. The worst that ever happens to me is like some kid throws popcorn and I'm like, shut the hell up. So they don't actually say that because you're not allowed to say that to other people's children. They get angry. What if you had kids at the same place? Like, could you, or does that, does that allow you any leeway if you have children of your own in the, in the vicinity or does that not happen? Oh, like if you're, if your baby, like if it looks like it's your kid. Yeah, maybe, maybe if you're a fellow parent, you get to tell other people's kids off, but I feel like that's still not a thing. Yeah, I guess so. Hmm. Well. That could be a good loophole though. (laughs) That's a good point. That's, that's one of the protocols that no one's really quite uh, closed off yet. So yeah, it was weird. It's surreal. And I didn't get any Mexican food afterwards, which was annoying. But well, at least you got the drink. I did, which is great. There you go. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah. All right. I think we're... Don't forget, kids, you're made of stardust. Yeah. Get out and vote. Oh, wait. Bye!